Well, last week I began by telling you about my bedtime routine with our daughter Marvel. Today I want to actually begin by telling you about my bedtime routine with my daughter Noble. Uh, since, th since three years ago when, we, when she got into her big girl bed, uh, we have had a routine every single night where we read her a Bible story, we watch a song, and we, say, and, we, and we say a prayer together. And the prayer always thanks God for, for everything that he's bring us, that he brings us, that he has bring, brought us everything that we need. Then we ask her, who do you want to pray for? Which usually includes a lot of you that are watching. Uh, and, then, and, then we, and then we pray six things. There's six things that I always pray for my daughter, Noble. I pray, God, help Noble Lynn to grow up to be strong and kind and wise and loving and obedient. And we pray that a lot harder since she turned four, and loving and obedient and help her to follow you for everything. We pray that every night. We've prayed that every night for three years. So uh, as I was beginning to pray, prepare for this message, um, I, I decided to like see it with Noble. I'm like, okay, after three years, she knows what we pray for her. She knows she knows the things we pray for. She's, she's got it down. Like I'm gonna ask her, what, what are the things that we pray for for her every night? And I said, Noble, what, what are the things that we pray for you every night? I say, Noble and help no God help Noble to be, and she said, she said, help me to uh, be a firefighter who rides my bike across the country and who marries a prince. And I was like, okay, somewhere along the way, we have gotten a we've gotten our cables crossed, we've gotten lines disconnected. But it's good to know what you want. Good to know what you would like me to pray for. I'm not, you know, I don't know that I want to pray for you to be a firefighter riding the bike across the country. That sounds pretty cool. Marrying a prince not till you're 30. Okay, that's that's the whole deal. Today we begin this two week mini series that we're in called Grown Up prayers called grown-up prayers wherein we're going to spend today and the next week talking about the spiritual discipline and the habit of prayer and here's why I think it's so important for us to talk about prayer if you're a Christian for about 10 minutes if you've been a Christian for about 10 minutes you have been told that prayer is important you have been told that prayer is important that prayer is necessary that prayer is powerful that prayer builds a relationship you have been told all kinds of things about how important prayer is and how important it is for you to develop a life of prayer and prayer is important. It is incredibly important. But chances are it's possible to be told over and over and over again how important prayer is, to be taught that it's important, but to never really be taught how to pray. You've been told that, but you've never been taught how. You've been told that it's important, but you have never been taught, or maybe it's possible that you have never been instructed how to pray. See, a lot of us, even if we've been around church for a long time or you grew up in religious homes, we were told it's important. We saw people praying. We went to prayer meetings. We, we witnessed people praying. We maybe saw grandparents and parents or aunts and uncles praying around us, and they hoped that you would catch how to pray. They hoped that you would catch how to pray. They hoped that by their example, you would see how to pray and that you would know how to pray. But it's possible that they never actually stop to teach you how to pray. And so as a result, you've grown up around faith. You've grown up around people who are praying. You've grown up around a lot of it. You've heard a lot of it, but you've never actually had someone teach you how to pray grown up prayers. And because you've never been taught how to pray better, it's possible that your prayers are still a little bit childish, like we all are from time to time. I would, I would say it this way. The reason that, the reason that this happens is because, because prayer is so personal. We've assumed that prayer is private and therefore we don't teach people how to improve 
in prayer or how to grow up in prayer. Because prayer is personal, we have assumed that prayer is private. Because it's so personal, we have assumed it's private, and therefore we don't teach people how to improve or to get better or how to grow up in the way that they pray. Here's what we've what we thought what we have thought and we practice. Well, prayer is so personal and you can't pray wrong. So however you're praying, God is pleased that you're trying and you'll figure it out as you go. Prayer is personal. It's private. You can't really pray wrong. And so however you're praying, God is happy with it and you're going to figure it out as you go along. So here's the thing. Prayer is deeply personal. Prayer is deeply personal. And you really can't pray wrong, and God is pleased that you're trying. So none of what we've thought is necessarily wrong, but here's the thing. It's possible that while you can't pray wrong, that you could pray better, that you could pray deeper, that you could pray prayers that are far more personal, that you could pray prayers that are grown up, that are not stuck in the way that you prayed when you were seven or the way that you prayed when you were 13 or the way that you prayed when you were 21, that you could actually pray deeper and better and stronger and more effective prayers that actually do more to connect you with your heavenly Father. And because prayer is so personal and because God is pleased with you for trying, he actually wants more for you and more from you when it comes to your prayers than just hoping and trying and piecing it together and hoping that you get better and hoping that what you're doing is actually accomplishing something in prayer. So today and next week, we're going to do more than just try to figure it out. We're actually going to go to Jesus. And in the words of Jesus's disciples, we're going to say to Jesus, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray grown-up prayers. Teach us how to pray not just a childish prayer, not just not just the same prayers that we've been praying our entire lives, not just the same repeated things that we've been praying our entire lives, but God, teach us how to pray. Teach us about what matters most to you in prayer. And we're going to allow Jesus's words to redefine and refine the way that we approach our prayers so that we pray better, stronger prayers, and we pray in ways that help us accomplish what Jesus wanted to us wanted us to accomplish all along in prayer. So today I want to jump into one of the most famous passages of teaching from Jesus in the gospel accounts of his life and teaching. This is so famous that even if you have almost no church background, no church experience, you've never read the Bible, you haven't spent that much time in prayer, you have heard these words around around your life at some point because of a family member, because of something that happened on a football team or a basketball team. Like You have heard these prayers, maybe even if it was just the, the, the random token Christian that was praying on a TV show or on a movie, you have heard these words that we're going to dive in today. In Luke chapter 11, once, it says, once Jesus was in a certain place praying, and as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. In their context, here's why this is important. In their context, teachers teach their followers how to pray. Teachers teach their followers how to pray. That rabbis taught those who were following in their footsteps how to pray like their rabbi. John the Baptist, it's already mentioned in the scripture, John the Baptist had taught his followers how to pray so that they could pray like him. And so this disciple, Jesus' disciples, they come to him and they say, Jesus, we want you to teach us to pray so that we can pray like you. We want you to teach us to pray so that we can pray like you. But here's what they're really saying. We've seen you pray. Like we have seen you pray. And when you pray, things get real, real fast. Like when you pray, things get real, really fast. We want to know how to pray like you because when you pray, 
things happen. Your prayers get answered. When you pray, God heals. When you pray, God provides. When you pray, God provides enough, multiplies food so there's enough for 5,000 for my boy's lunch. When you pray, the storms stop. When you pray, the bills get paid. When you pray, the blind see. When you pray, the sick get well. When you pray, Jesus, the dead come to life, okay? When you pray, things happen. When you pray, God gives you what you want. When you pray, God gives you what you want, and he, do, and he doesn't always do that for us. So we want to know, Jesus, we want to know how to what you're doing differently so that we can do what you're doing, and so that Jesus, so, so that God will answer our prayers the same way he answers your prayers. We want God to give to us what we want for us, and we need to know how to pray so that God will give us what we ask for. See, here's, here's a simple way to say it. The disciples wanted to pray better so they could get better at getting from God what they wanted from God. The disciples came to Jesus asking to, for him to teach them how to pray so that they could get better at getting from God what they wanted from God. Now, let me ask you this question. How many of you want that from your prayer life as well? This is actually not a trick question. I think all of us want that from our prayer life. That, 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 that I, I want that for myself. I want that for my prayer life. I want to pray in a way that I know God hears me and I know that he will meet my needs and meet my desires and fulfill my wants. Like I want that kind of prayer life where I pray and I know God hears and I know he can meet my needs and I know he will meet my needs and I know he'll even fulfill the things that I want. I, like, I would love it if God answered every prayer and every request, request that I bring him with yes and because sometimes I'm, I, I slip into my Midwest, I want sometimes God to respond with you betcha. I, like, I, like I want that to happen. I want that every time I pray for someone for healing, I want God to heal them. I want God to snap his fingers and for them to be healed. I I want every time I pray for financial provision for the church, for God to provide quickly. I want every time I pray for someone to get a job, that they would get a job the next day. I want every time I pray for someone with a broken heart, for God to heal their heart and end their sadness instantly. I want that every time I pray for a marriage that's in a rough spot, I want God to snap his fingers and to renew that marriage in a moment. And I never want to stop hoping and believing and expecting for God to do that and expecting that God can and will do all of that. I want that. For, I want to believe with faith and I want to pray big prayers knowing that God is a big God who can meet every need and can do everything that I'm asking him to. I want to constantly believe with that. So there is nothing wrong with the disciples for wanting to know how to pray in a way where God answers your prayers in the way that we hope for. And there is nothing wrong with you for hoping that God will answer every prayer with a yes for you. And they come and they say, Jesus, we want to know how to pray like you because when you pray, God says yes. And we want God to say yes to us. And there's nothing wrong with that desire. There's nothing wrong with that hope. There's nothing wrong with that expectation. But Jesus in this moment decided to lean into their question and their desire for we want to know how to pray better. We want to know how to pray like you. Jesus decided to lean into this moment to reestablish some priorities when it came to prayer. Jesus said, in verse 2, Jesus said, this is how you should pray. And it's interesting to stop here. Jesus 
taught them to pray, which means Jesus thought his disciples could pray better. They had seen him pray and they wanted to know how they could pray, how pray and do it like him. He had also seen them pray and thought their prayers could use some improvement. See, Jesus knew that there was something about the way he prayed that was different and better than the way they prayed. Jesus thought that their prayers could be improved. Jesus didn't say, well, there's no wrong way to pray. Jesus didn't say, well, as long as you're praying from the heart, that's all that counts. Jesus essentially looked these men in the eyes and said, I'm so glad you finally asked because I've been watching you pray and you guys need some work. So here is how you should pray. Now that you're ready for, for a better way, now that you're actually asking, I can't wait to teach you. And this is a simple reminder. And this is something that as Jesus begins to unpack his priorities for prayer, here's something that we need to understand. If your prayers don't align with Jesus's priorities, Jesus thinks your prayers should improve. If your prayers don't align with Jesus's priorities, Jesus thinks that your prayers should improve. And here's the thing. If the things that you pray about when you go to pray don't sound like the things that Jesus is about to unpack, doesn't sound like the, the, the priorities that Jesus has for when we pray, it's possible that Jesus would look to you and even look to me and say, what I want for you is I want you to improve your prayer. I want your prayers to align with my priorities, not with your priorities. And the first step that you can take in, in, in understanding and getting better and stronger and deeper and more personally connected prayers is that you can actually realign your prayers so that you pray about the things that matter to me and the things that matter to your heavenly father and that all of the stuff that matters to you, it can come later. That if your prayers don't align with Jesus' priorities, Jesus thinks that your prayers should improve. And that's not an insult on the way you pray. That puts you on the same level of the disciples, the 12, at this point, the 11 guys that were with Jesus this entire time, that Jesus would put in charge of the church and would change the course of the entire world. The, guy, the 11 guys that were responsible for bringing the values of heaven to earth. This, I mean, like, this is not an insult. This doesn't mean that you haven't figured it out in a way that can change the world. This means that Jesus has some work that he still wants to do in you and some things that he wants for you in your prayer life. And what Jesus said next, after he said, this is how you should pray, he set for his followers then and his followers to this very day, an example of prayer that is a better way of prayer. And it's a prayer, a, a, a version of prayer that we can all grow towards. Here's how Jesus said you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food that we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. Now, when Jesus finished saying this, the disciples would have looked at Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, um, none of that was an instruction on how to get our prayers answered and how to get God to do what we want God to do. And Jesus would have looked at them and said, exactly, exactly. And here's what we learn about Jesus from, from, from Jesus's prayer, that Jesus cares more about your prayers getting better than about you getting better at getting what you want from God. Jesus cares more about your prayers getting better than he cares about you getting better at getting what you want from God. See, Jesus, who loved his disciples and who loves you, 
said to his disciples, and he says to you, as much as I want you to get everything that you want through your prayer, what I want more for you is that you would get everything that you can and that you should get through your prayer. And you can get something way bigger and way better through prayer than simply getting everything you want. Jesus cared more about their prayers getting better than he cared about them getting better at getting what they wanted from God. And so as we talk about Jesus's priorities for prayer, here are Jesus's seven priorities for prayer. Jesus's seven priorities for prayer. What Jesus wanted his disciples to get from prayer. When you look at these things that Jesus said, there are seven things that Jesus wanted his disciples to prioritize in prayer. I'll just say them really quick and they're going to be on screen and then we'll start to unpack them. Jesus wanted his disciples to, to prioritize recognition, to prioritize alignment, to prioritize submission, to prioritize provision, to prioritize salvation, to prioritize transformation, and to prioritize strength. Here's what, here, here's what I mean. When, when I say he wanted them to prioritize recognition, this is the part, may your name be kept holy. May your name be kept holy. Your holy, your God. We recognize God as who he is, and we recognize him for his rightful place. He would prioritize alignment, meaning may your kingdom come soon. May your kingdom come soon. In other words, God, when there's things that I want that don't align with your, with your kingdom and your values, help me to align myself with what matters to you more than what matters to me. That if there's something that matters to me that does not matter to you, help me to realign myself so that what matters to me matters to you. He prioritized submission saying, may your will be done. That God, when my will and your will do not align, help me to submit and surrender to your will and to leave my will aside. Help me to pursue and submit to your will, God. May your will be done. We want to prioritize provision. We pray, God, give us, give us each day the food that we need. Grow my trust in your ability to provide. Grow my trust in God's ability to provide. This is a priority to Jesus. Jesus said to prioritize salvation, that I need forgiveness from my sin, that every time we pray, we should remember that we have a deep-seated need for God's salvation. We have a deep-seated awareness of our salvation, so grow my awareness of my need for God. We have a deep, we have prioritized transformation. Help me to forgive others. As, as Jesus said, help me to forgive others in the same way that you've forgiven me. Jesus says, I want to do, I want to be changed so that I do for others what God has done for me. I want to do the things that don't come naturally to me, like forgiveness. I want to do those things. I want to be patient with others. I want to extend grace to others, like God has extended grace and has been patient with me. And I know that's going to take some change for me. So God, change me from the inside out. Transform my life so that my life looks more like you. And then strength, he says, help me resist temptation. Give me the strength. For the moments that I feel weak. Now, here's the thing. Jesus had seven priorities in prayer, and only one has anything to do with you getting what you need. Jesus had a vastly different set of priorities for our time spent in prayer than we often do. And so you want to know how you improve your prayers? How do we begin to pray grown-up prayers? We make sure that our priorities in prayer align with Jesus's priorities in prayer. And here is Jesus's priority in prayer. Jesus's priority for prayer is the development of a relationship. 
Jesus' priority in prayer is that we would come to God and we would spend our time talking to God, not just asking for things over and over and over and over. Then, although, as we're going to learn next week, God is absolutely okay with that. But that we would spend our time better, that we would spend our time developing a relationship in the same way that a marriage doesn't grow if you're just sitting around talking to each other and telling each other what you need from each other and saying, if you could do this, 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 the relationship doesn't grow simply by asking each other for what you need. The relationship grows when you communicate with each other, when you align yourselves together, when you, when you submit yourselves one to another, when you allow change to take place, when you remind yourselves that neither of us are good, like this is how relationships grow. And this is how our relationship grows with our Heavenly Father. Jesus cares deeply that you grow your relationship with your Heavenly Father, that your relationship with God would grow how God wants it to grow, that we acknowledge who He is, that we align ourselves with Him, that we submit ourselves to Him, that we allow ourselves to be changed by Him, that we remind ourselves of our dependence on Him, that we would grow how God wants to grow, that you would trust Him more, that you would grow of your, in your awareness of His constant presence, that you would grow in your understanding of your dependence on Him, that you would align yourself more and more, that you would care more about what your Father cares about. So if you want to align your prayers with Jesus's priority, you want to pray grown-up prayers? You want to stop praying the way you did when you were a kid or the way you did when you were first when you first became a believer? If you want to pray grown-up prayers, here's how we pray. We align ourselves with Jesus's priority. We recognize God as God, and that establishes his place and your place in the relationship. It defines the terms of the relationship that he's God and I am not. And so he calls the shots. You choose to prioritize a posture of submission, which strengthens your trust in God as you see that his way is really best. You seek his provision because it reminds our heart and mind that everything we have and everything we need, it comes from God in the first place. Here's the thing about Jesus's model of prayer that makes it such a beautiful model of prayer and something that we should all strive to grow towards today and strive to grow our prayers up so that they reflect the prayer that Jesus, the prayers that Jesus wanted us to pray. Every bit of Jesus's model of prayer draws us to our dependence on God. Every bit of Jesus's model of prayer draws us to dependence on God, which is where God has wanted us to be and to stay all Along, that I can only get salvation from God. And when I'm reminded of my sin and when I remind myself of my sin and remind my need for salvation, it reminds me of my need for God because I can't get salvation of my own. It reminds me of my, when I acknowledge that God is my source of provision, it reminds me that I depend on God for my breath. It reminds me that I depend on God for my food, that I depend on God for my water, that I depend on God for my, for my gifts and my abilities, that I depend on God for my job, that I depend on God for my family, that I depend on God for everything. Everything about Jesus is my, that, that I, that I can't change myself, but God can. And so when I pray for transformation, it reminds me that I keep coming back to God because I depend on him. It reminds me every bit of Jesus's model of prayer. It reminds me that I come from God. I submit to God because I depend on God. That's why Jesus taught us this model of prayer so that our prayers could grow up so that we could get better at connecting with our Heavenly Father and reminding ourselves of our need and our dependence on Him. So let's grow up in our prayers. 
Let's grow up in our prayers. But let's grow up in our prayers maybe by getting back to the fundamentals, by getting back to the fundamentals. Many of us, let's be honest, many of us, we were taught the Lord's Prayer as recited prayer to pray with, a, with very little thought. That's why some of you, you, you were exposed to the Lord's Prayer when, when you were on a football team or a basketball team or a soccer team and, and people in, on the team would get together and huddle and they would say, you know, let's pray. And then they would just pray the Lord's Prayer and everyone would kind of recite it and no one would really think about it. But that's why many of us, we, we learn the Lord's Prayer as a, as a prayer to recite and not to give a whole lot of thought to. Maybe you were taught that prayer, that prayer, along with a number of other recited prayers to pray with very little thought. Maybe you were taught the the, the dinner prayer that, that that my grandparents who were Catholics, that they, that they prayed that where they said, you know, bless us, O Lord, and these thy gifts, which we are about to receive from thy bounty through Christ our Lord. Amen. Like that was the prayer. Like that's, that wasn't the prayer that we prayed every night at our house and dinner. But every time we were with our grandparents, I knew, like I learned pretty quickly. We're gonna pray grandma and grandpa's prayer, and they were, and it was the same prayer every every single night. Maybe it's the prayer that you were taught when you were growing up as a kid before bedtime. I, this was my bedtime prayer every night as a kid. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before, if I should die before I wake. I pray the Lord my soul to take. Now, I just want to say the reason that I wanted to, if I should, I was praying that prayer as a five-year-old. As a, like, do you, that's a dark prayer for a kid. I, and I'm just going to tell you, I was this week years old when I discovered that there are brighter variations and this is the one that my parents chose. Thanks, mom and dad. It's great. Many of us, we were taught these memorized prayers and I grew up hating memorized prayers. They're easy, but I don't think they really do much to connect me to God or to prioritize what matters to him. But do you know why churches teach people memorized prayers? It's not so that we can pray memorized prayers forever. It's to help us understand a pattern, internalize the pattern, and then as the pattern becomes our own thought process, we use our own words and our own thoughts to communicate the same ideas on a personal level from our heart and with our own words. So if you want your if you want your grown-up prayers to get stronger and better, for some of us, for some of us, the best thing that we could do may be to do something that reminds us of our childhood and go back to the script. Here's the line that I put together, and this is a strong line. So if, if, you, if you haven't been paying attention, you wake up, you pay attention to this line because I spent an hour crafting this line. You stick to the script until the pattern becomes personal. You stick to the script until the pattern becomes personal. What if we went back to the Lord's Prayer as a model for us to root ourselves in and establish a foundation of prayer from? Like, what if, what if we went to the Lord's Prayer not as a prayer to memorize, not as a script to stick to, but as a pattern that we are meant to internalize and embrace so that it helps us to prioritize what matters to God in our prayer. And so here's the thing. The challenge today as we end is for us to grow our prayers up. And we're going to grow our prayers up by sticking to the script until the pattern becomes personal. And so for the next seven days, for the next seven days, we are going to grow our prayers up and pray like Jesus taught us from the ground up. Each day I have a prayer focus for you, something that I hope you'll pray over and over throughout 
your day. And we're going to put these on social media every day, but I would love for you to maybe take some notes right now. If you're thinking about this, maybe you could take a note in your phone. Maybe you could grab a piece of paper. I'll give you a little bit of time. I'll, I'll stall and talk a little bit about how you can take notes. Maybe you need to find a pen. Maybe you need to find a paper. Maybe you don't have your phone next to you because you're watching on the TV, but you can find your phone right now. And that's enough stalling so that you can take these notes. On Monday, we're going to pray a prayer of recognition. And you can pray this prayer morning, noon, and night. This is going to help us to get in the mind of recognition. I recognize God's rightful place as King, Lord, Savior, and Provider. God, I recognize your rightful place as King, Lord, Savior, and Provider. We pray that morning, noon, and night. Then on Tuesday, we're going to pray a prayer of alignment. God, help me to value what you value and care about what you care about. That's a simple prayer. It's a short prayer. It's a beginning point of prayer. It's a pattern. We pray for recognition. Tuesday, we're going to pray a prayer of alignment. Wednesday, we're going to pray a prayer of submission. And our submission prayer goes like this. God, I surrender my will and my ways to your will and to your ways. I pray at morning, noon, and night. God, I surrender my will and my ways to your will and your ways. Thursday, we're going to pray for provision. God, today, I remember that I rely on you and you alone for everything that I need today. We pray at morning, noon, and night, a prayer of provision. Friday, we pray a prayer of salvation. God, would you do for me what I can't do for me today and save me from my sin and save me from myself? Would you do today for me what I can't do for me? Would you save me from my sin and save me from myself? Saturday, we pray for transformation. God, change me and transform me so I will do for others what you have done for me. And Sunday, we'll pray for strength. God, today when I am tempted and feel weak, help me to remember and realize the strength I have in you. Now, what if every single day this week, you're like, that's not enough prayer. What if that's just enough to grow your prayers from the place that they're stuck in right now? What if that's enough to grow your faith in God by just simply praying that small thing over and over until God actually meets you in the middle of it and he actually does begin to align your heart? Because you pray and you say, God, would you align my heart to care about the things that you care about and to value the things that you value? That you value? And what if in that moment God answers that prayer and says, I'm gonna change something in your heart. I'm gonna change something that you care about and you're not gonna care as much about that, but you're gonna care about something that I care deeply about. You're gonna value something that, that I value you. Like, what if God answered that prayer and changed your life? What if when you pray for transformation and you're praying and you're like, I have a hard time forgiving and I have a hard time letting go and I have a hard time moving and God answers that prayer for transformation and says, if you're praying and you're asking that I will help you do for others what I've done for you, I will change your heart and I will change your mind and I will do for you what you have asked me to do for you. What if you meet God on his terms, on his playing field, uh, with his priorities in prayer and God shows up and you meet God in a new way and you understand God in a new way and you experience God in a new way as he meets you in the middle. That's how we pray a grown-up prayer. So let's stick to the script until the pattern becomes personal because God wants your prayers to grow up and become stronger and more mature. He wants your prayers to match up with his priorities because he has and wants what is best for you. Let's use Jesus' teaching on prayer as a foundation for a strengthened, growing relationship with God that develops as we keep coming to God in prayer. And that's how we're going to pray grown-up prayers. And next week, 
lest you think we forgot about the idea of, of, of getting from God what we want from God and hoping that God will answer our prayers. Next week, we are going to look at what Jesus taught his disciples about getting what you want from God. So don't miss next week. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you that you want us to meet you in prayer. Thank you that we get to talk to you. Thank you that we get to talk to you right now. God, I pray that this moment isn't just a moment where I'm praying on someone's screen, but I pray it's a moment where we can take a moment to connect with you, our Heavenly Father, on a personal level ourselves. God, I pray that we would stick to the script until the pattern in the script becomes personal to us. Until, until, we know, until we know the pattern and we know the priorities and we can meet you personally, God, I pray that we would pay attention to your priorities and what Jesus outlined as the priorities of, that you have for us in prayer. So God, help us to recognize you. Help us to align ourselves with you. Help us to submit and surrender to you. Help us to understand that we come to you for provision and that we come to you for salvation and that we come to you for transformation and that we come to you for strength. Help us to realize that we come to you for everything because we depend on you. And God, I pray that as we come to you in dependence, God, that you would meet us and that you would provide for us and that you would change us and that you would renew us and that you would strengthen us to be the people that you want us to be as we pray the grown-up prayers that you want us to pray. So God, help us to do that. We love you. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Help us to pray stronger, better grown-up prayers. In Jesus' name, amen.